21, Genesis chapter 21. Genesis chapter 21. And uh, before we get into Genesis chapter 21, let's go to the Lord of Prayer because I want to do some re um, review. Okay. If you just read one verse, I suppose. Genesis 21, verse 1. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. Verse 2. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken of him. Verse 3. And Abraham called the name of the son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. Really, really important. What we're going to talk about tonight is going to really be very helpful because this is going to bring us to the point of understanding what's going on in our world today. Let's go to the Lord. We've looked so far at the at promise. We're in the dispensation of promise. And if you take a look down south here, you're taking Abraham took a trip from the Ur of the Chaldees with his father, Haran, and they went up to, sorry, his father, Nahor, and went up to Haran, up north, that's northern Iraq, and then his father died, and then he took that trip down into the promised land. So they were with the period of the patriarchs, and Terah led his family toward Canaan. We've looked at that already. God promised three things. What were the three things? What were the three things God promised? Genesis chapter 12. Seed. Land. Blessing. Blessing. Those three things. Well done. Seed, land. So land, nation, and blessing nation would be the seed, of course. Okay. And then Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for? Righteousness. Righteousness. Okay. And then God made a covenant with him. That's Genesis chapter 12. Again in Genesis chapter 15, as reiterated again, and it was reiterated to the other patriarchs. Now, um, God changed their names. Abraham was called Abraham, Abraham and Sarai was called Sarah. Sarah. Abraham means father of many nations, and Sarai, Sarah means. Okay, yes. I thought it didn't mean princess? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking it was. I think it's I think Sarah, Sarah means princess. Okay, you can double check that, but I think that's Sarah, what does it mean? Well, it's two meanings. I think it means princess. Yeah, that could be. Okay, that could be. Yeah, that's why that's why I'm just going by memory. I didn't I didn't actually look this up for this, so. But we all know Abraham's father of many nations. Okay. And then he iterated God reiterated his promise after changing their names. Okay. Now so now we are into the, the, this, the next dispensation, the period of the patriarchs. Now I want to make mention here, okay? Abraham had fathered a previous name. Oh, sorry. Abraham had fathered a previous son, and that son was called Ishmael. Okay. Now Ishmael through Sarah's, was through Sarah's handmaid, Hagar. Although Ishmael was not the son God had promised, God allowed his posterity to become a nation. The Ishmaelites, also known as the Midianites, would play a prominent and adversarial role in Israel's history. And really at this stage would be Israel's future. Looking back now, it's Israel's history. According to the book of Genesis, now this is a quote, according to Genesis, Ishmael had one daughter and 12 sons. The 12 princes mentioned in Genesis chapter 17, verse 20. In Islamic tradition, this gave rise to the 12 tribes of Ishmael. Sounds like the 12 tribes of Israel, okay? Arab tribes from which early Muslims were descended, okay, are these 12 tribes of Ishmael? Arab tribes. Are you with me here? Now, in Jewish tradition, the 12 tribes of Israel were descended from Abraham and his wife, and his wife Sarah's son, who is Isaac. Isaac. 
But, uh, but, but via Isaac, then his son Jacob, the 12, the 12 sons, the 12 tribes came. Okay? These traditions are accepted in both Islam and Judaism. Ishmael was a prophet according to the Quran, the first son of Abraham of the Egyptian Hagar. So Judaism and Islam have a common father, but two competing sons, two competing lineages, two competing traditions, two competing nations which have been adversarial up to this time. You're saying, what's going on in Israel right now? Ishmael versus Isaac. <coughs> that's what's going on. And that's why there's so much problem, there are so much trouble in the Middle East because they're fighting over who are the legitimate heirs to the land. Are they the sons of Ishmael or the sons of Isaac? The Arabs say it was the sons of, it, it, they are the sons of Ishmael and the Jews say it's the sons of Isaac. Do you understand what's going on here? So this is really, really important to see how history really plays into what's going on to the, in today. Let's go to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. Somebody want to read those two verses for me, please? Genesis chapter 2, 20, verse 1 and 2, I'm sorry. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. So in Genesis 22, verse 1 and 2, God told Abraham to offer Isaac, okay? Isaac to, uh, to him as an offering, okay? Now, Abraham obeyed God, and once God saw he was willing to obey and to sacrifice his son, God provided what? Okay, or a ram, actually. you think it was a lamb because Messiah was a lamb, but actually, Scripture records it was a ram. Um, Genesis chapter 22, verse 13, And Abraham lifted up his eyes, and looked behold behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his thorns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up first burnt offering in the stead of his son. Um, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17 to 19. Raise your hand. Hebrews 11, 17 to 19. Who wants to get that? Hebrews 11, 17 to 19. Okay, brother Paul. Um, Genesis, we'll all turn there because it's a lengthy passage. Um, let me see. see about this yeah genesis chapter 26 verse 23 to 25 genesis yeah, okay gentlemen you can get that genesis 25 23 genesis 25 23 genesis okay thank you brother and i think we'll all turn there see some of these are lengthy passages okay so we'll all turn to the lengthy passages okay now so god provided a ram okay instead of uh, Isaac as a substitute. Hebrews 11, verse 17 to 19, please. But if Abraham, when he was tried, offered of Isaac, he, and he that has received the promise, offered unto his only beloved son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall Isaac become, according that God was able to raise it up, even from the dead, from heaven, also in the people. And that's the key, isn't it? 
God, he believed God was able to raise him up from the dead. He, 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 he was doing exactly what God wanted him to do. He knew nothing else on his obedience. He was willing to kill his son. And he knew if, if that was what I must do, God would raise him up immediately. Because the Bible says in Genesis chapter, or Hebrews chapter 11, verse 18, in Isaac shall die. See, because so Isaac was the key person. Okay, now, this is substitutionary atonement or substitutionary sacrifice. Okay? This incident in which a ram takes the place of Isaac upon the altar is an Old Testament picture. What's it a picture of? Jesus. Jesus, exactly, taking our place, exactly. So it's an illustration of the substitutionary sacrifice of Christ taking our place on the cross. In Islamic tradition, in Jewish tradition, the biblical tradition, the biblical text, Isaac was offered by Abraham in Islamic tradition, Abraham was offering up who, do you think? Ishmael. Ishmael, that's exactly right. They switched it around. Then they also switched things around as well. In the biblical text, in the biblical tradition, in the, in the, when we say biblical tradition, we're just saying historical, okay? I'm not saying it's not true. Of course it's true. But in, according to the scriptures, uh, who was offered up ultimately for our sins? Jesus. Jesus. But in the Islamic tradition, they say, no, Jesus uh, was, sac was substituted. As the, and Jesus, the prophet, not the Messiah, but Jesus, the prophet, did not die on the cross, but a substitute died in his place. You with me here? So they do a lot of changing. The Quran made a lot of changes 500 years after the Bible was complete. Okay? All right. So then Isaac got married. Who did he marry? Rebecca. Rebecca, exactly. Okay? And after much prayer... Um, Rebecca conceived and God told them that they would be the parents okay and uh, yeah here we are so, so uh, they, they, God told them that they would be the parents of Genesis 25 let's turn to Genesis 25 verse 16 to 26 so who would they be the parents who would Isaac and Rebecca be the parents of Esau, Jacob. Jacob and Esau. Okay, it's interesting you said Esau and Jacob. Well, Esau was born first. Esau was the older one. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Okay. Genesis chapter 25. Sorry. Um, yes. Genesis 25, verse 19 to 26. Okay. It says here in Genesis 25, verse 19. It says here, uh, These are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac. And Isaac was 40 years old when he, he took Rebekah to wife. The daughter of Bethlehem, the Syrian of Padam Aram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled together with her. And she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one other shall be stronger than the other. The one people, should I say, shall be stronger than the other people. And the elder shall serve the younger. So Esau will, will serve Jacob. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red, ruddy, red, all like hairy garment, all, all over like a hairy garment. And they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out. And his hand took hold of Esau's heel, and his name is called? Jacob. What did Jacob mean? Deceiver. Supplanter. Deceiver. Supplanter. Okay? And Isaac was three score. How old was three score? 60. 60. So 20 years they were waiting for a child. 
60 uh, years old, Jacob was when they had twins, and she, when she bare him, the Bible tells him he was, he was 60 years of age. Okay, now, so in Genesis chapter 25, verse 31 to 34, did I give that to someone? Genesis chapter, so, okay, uh, Genesis chapter 25, verse 31 to 34, did I give that to someone? No, maybe I didn't. Okay, let's go there. Let's go forward to verse 31. 31, and Jacob said, sell me the, this day thy birthright. And Esau behold, said, behold, I am at the point to die. What profit shall this birthright do to me? Now he'd been out hunting. He was tired. He'd worked hard all day. He was exhausted. And he says, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. What would you call a person like that? Exaggerated. Yeah, exaggerated. What else would you call that person? Melodramatic. That comes to my mind. Drama queens, some people might say, okay, but he was a king or a prince or whatever he was. But anyway, he was very dramatic there, okay? So he wasn't going to die. He wouldn't have died, okay? And what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, swear to me this day. And he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau, what's the Bible say? Despised his birthright. Because it was he, he just made an excuse. Okay, he was he didn't really care about it. That's the whole point. Okay. So that's Genesis chapter 25. So what happened in Genesis chapter 26? Let's go forward now to Genesis 26. God appeared to Isaac and confirmed the Abrahamic covenant to him. Okay? So was his promise to Isaac, was God's promise to Isaac the same as God's promise to Abraham? Was God's promise to Isaac the same as God's promise to Abraham? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. It's not a trick question. It really was. Let's go to Genesis chapter 26. And there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down to Egypt, dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and I will bless thee. For unto thee, and unto thy seed, I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father, and I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and I will give unto thy seed all these countries. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So what do we see? What three things we see promised here? What were three things that were part of this promise? Okay, blessing. Okay, yeah. So blessing. So, okay, so, so okay, a seed, nation, seed, and what else? Land. We see the same thing. Okay, so we see this again. It's just amplified a little bit. So Isaac is seeing a little bit more than what Abraham would have seen. Seen, should I say? Okay. So this is now the Abrahamic covenant again. So Esau sold his birthright. Sorry, we saw that, and then uh, God appeared then to Isaac. This is the Abrahamic covenant. So here in this chapter, and we see in, in Genesis chapter twenty-six, verse twenty-three to twenty-five. Did I give that to someone? Did he twenty-six? So read Genesis 26, verse 23 to 25, please, tell me. And he went up from tents to uh, Beersheba, and the Lord appeared unto him the same night, and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee, and will bless thee, 
and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. And he builded an altar there, and upon and called upon the name of the Lord, and pitched his tents there, and there Isaac's servants digged a well. Thank you so much. Okay, so there we see God making promises again onto Isaac. So this is the Abraham covenant being repeated. So God gave the covenant to Abraham two or three times. He gave the, prom the promise again to Isaac twice. Why does God keep repeating this covenant? He wants people to remember. Yeah. This is emphasized again and again. God is not missing his words. He wants them to know this is what's happening. He wants them to remember. Okay? And this is, this is really, really important. And brethren, this brings us all the way through to today. Well, what's going on in the Middle East? You can't ignore this covenant God made to Abraham and to Isaac. Okay. So here in tw chapter 26, God specifically renews and confirms the Abrahamic covenant to Isaac, who is the son of promise. Okay, so Genesis chapter 27, let's now move to Genesis chapter 27. It tells the story of Isaac's intent to bless Esau with the blessing God had said should be go to Jacob. Okay, Jake, the promise was for Jacob. That's, that's Genesis 25, 23. Let me read that again. Genesis chapter 25, verse 23. So I'll just turn back there. It says here, and the Lord said unto her, okay, this is Rebekah, two nations are in thy in, in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. The one people shall be stronger than the other, and the elder shall serve the younger. Okay? So there's a, there's a, there's a word of the Lord to Rebecca. She would have obviously passed it on to her husband. But for whatever reason, Isaac rebelled against that promise. Okay? And, and so what happened? What happened when Isaac started to work against that promise that God had made to Jacob? What happened then? What did Rebecca do about that? He deceived. He deceived. Rebecca and Jacob worked together to deceive, and, and then Jacob then stole the blessing. Okay, so the, Jacob had already received. He didn't steal the birthright. The birthright was voluntarily given away, but he stole the blessing. Okay, so the birthright and the blessing went together, and then they were separated at this stage, and uh, you'll see then the blessing later on would fall upon Joseph, but the birthright would go to Judah. And we're going to look at that now in a minute. It's very hard to separate the two. But the birthright is ultimately would be this, the line of the Messiah. Okay? So the, ultimately, if you want to make a distinction, sometimes it's hard to separate the two. But if the birthright is, 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 essentially comes down to the Messiah, the promise of the Messiah. Okay? So, be a of Messiah. so, so if you're up to 12 tribes, which tribe did the Messiah come from? Sorry. Judah. Judah yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm going to look at that now in a second. But but who got the who got the double portion of the blessing? Of which of the twelve tribes got the twelve the double portion of the blessing? Who got all the blessing? Joseph. Joseph was. He got a double portion. His two sons Ephraim and Manasseh got two of the tribes. Do you remember? Okay. So we're seeing this. So there was a separation there. But before that, it would just went all together. Okay, um, so the, according to verse 41 of Genesis chapter 27, we're now going forward, Genesis chapter 27, verse 41, Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. Esau, Esau wanted the blessing. 
The blessing was about the Lamb. The birthright was the Messiah. He didn't really care about the Messiah. He didn't care about salvation. He didn't care about spiritual things. He wanted the blessing. He wanted, he wanted the fruit of his... He, he wanted financial blessing. He wanted to be the head, not the tail. He wanted everything to go well for him. He would love to watch the... I'm probably out of date saying this, but the God Channel. Watching all the promises and all the blessings. Yeah, I'll take all that. You know, didn't want to walk with God. He didn't want the practical walk with God. He didn't want the character walk with God. He wanted all the financial blessings that were going. He was carnal. Okay? And so are those who keep talking about finances all the time. Money all the time and gathering money. And they're covetous. And that was, that was Esau. The Bible says Esau hated Jacob because the blessing where his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning of my father are at hand. Then will I wash. Now, although Isaac rebelled against Jacob's, sorry, let me reword that. Although Isaac rebelled against God's clearly revealed plan to pass the blessing of the Abrahamic covenant to Jacob instead of Esau, God overruled. God will sometimes overrule our decisions and sometimes he will allow us to, to face the consequences of bad decisions. Like, do we always make good decisions? No. But sometimes God intervenes. And sometimes he allows us to reap what we sow. Do you know the crazy thing is? We as sinners get mad at God when he doesn't overrule our bad decisions. Do you notice that? We want God to rescue us every time we do something dumb. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't have to. But there are times, when are the times, simplistically, when are the times when God overrules? And when are the, when are the times when he doesn't overrule? Simplistically, can somebody give an answer to that? When it, when, maybe when it's bringing other, other people in the future into danger. Right. Yeah. So God will overrule sometimes if it will bring people in, in, the wrong direction. in the wrong direction in the future. He will sometimes overrule. Anybody else? Good. That's good. Anybody else? When else does God overrule sometimes? When there are times when he won't overrule with bad decisions we make. We have to learn from our bad decisions. Yeah. He allows us to make decisions and make bad decisions. And, 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 and we learn from them. He uses that chastening in our lives for our good. Right? Anybody else? I'll just throw it out there. He will, he will overrule if our bad decisions will thwart his eternal plan. Nothing will thwart God's eternal plan. Okay? He, he won't let that happen. So thank the Lord. He, uh, he overruled Isaac's intentions. So, do you think that Isaac will overrule God because it was uh, Rebecca that had a problem and it was Rebecca that went to God to pray yeah. and it was Rebecca that God told that you nations are your own. Yeah. Maybe Rebecca did not reveal it to Isaac because I'm going to the company. Remember when we went to men, men retreat last time we discussed this issue. Yeah. And then he said that maybe Rebecca did not reveal to Isaac. Yeah. That's why they put maybe. Uh, What's it called? Proper, we say the fear of man. Yeah. Uh, need somebody to sing it. They that prayer God shall stand. Maybe we can say maybe Rebecca yeah. did not, because according to the preacher, he said that maybe Rebecca did not tell Isaac. Do you know, you know I hear you. It's a possibility. I find it hard to believe. I find it hard to believe that if someone's wrestling with someone, they wouldn't tell their husband, oh, by the way, God spoke to me last night. I find it hard to believe. It's always a possibility. But either way, Isaac should have been in tune with God. Why wasn't God telling Isaac? Why did he have to tell Rebecca? There was something not right there. Would you agree with that? Isaac should have known what was going on there. 
It's not okay when the woman is the spiritual leader of the home. If the woman is doing better than the man spiritually, sometimes she gets saved earlier in life. Sometimes she gets better grounding in spiritual matters earlier in life. And oftentimes, when I'm counseling couples, not always, but oftentimes, the woman is ahead spiritually and the husband knows it. That's not okay. It's not your fault if that's the situation you're in, but men, it's the time to catch up and work and to labor to the point where you are, are able to be the spiritual uh, feel, how do I word this? To feel like the spiritual leader. You can be the spiritual leader and not feel that way too. Does that make sense? But at least you need to get to the point where you feel like I'm leading now spiritually. I'm able to help my wife spiritually. And I was talking to a couple recently and he made the comment. You know, she's streets ahead of me. But I said, I'm not in everything. She may have more head knowledge. She might have gotten saved earlier. But, I, but then, in the same conversation, he was able to, she was able to say how he was helping her spiritually. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the, the point is, men need to catch up if they, if, they're, if they feel like they're behind for whatever reason. They need to catch up. And Isaac, was, he was a bit on the carnal side, to be honest with you. He loved his meat. Do you understand? Like, I get loving your steak. I get that, okay? He loved his venison the way I love my steak. But my steak is not going to stop me. Get, it's not going to get in the way of me... Um, making spiritual decisions, right? My, 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 that, that's, it's just me. Anyway, so the Lord was silent regarding Rebecca's ill-conceived plan to help out God. You know, God doesn't need our help, by the way. <laughs> you know, I, Rebecca was like, Lord, let me help you along here. I, I know you gave me this promise years ago. You know, let me help you out, Lord. The Lord doesn't need our help. He knows how to work out things. And, and the birthright and the blessing passed on to Jacob as the Lord had intended from their birth. We read that in Genesis chapter 25, verse 23. An interesting reference is Romans chapter 9. Let's quickly turn there. Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9. How are we doing for time? Okay, better keep on moving. Romans chapter 9. <laughs> Romans chapter 9. And we're looking at verse 8. To verse 13. Okay, he says here verse 8. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. But the children of promise are, are counted for the seed. For this is the word of the promise. At this time will I come and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of the works, not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, and Esau have I Now, why did God hate Esau? Now, by the way, brethren, this really deals with nations, okay, rather than individuals, okay? Now, why did God hate, but, but if we're going to go to the what did Esau as a person do to affect uh, to the point where God despised his nation and his posterity? What did Esau do? He despised his birthright. And he basically, in a sense, cursed his whole nation. Now, that doesn't mean no Edomites ever got saved. It just means that he, he, he took away blessing out of his, his foolishness and his carnality and his unwillingness to have God in his life. So God is sovereign over his creation and his plans and purposes cannot be thwarted. Rebecca feared that she would never see her son again. This is ironic. 
She did. And that's the whole point. That's because of the Because the the let's go back to Genesis chapter 27. Let's take a look. This is the irony of the whole thing, brethren. Genesis chapter 27, verse 41. It says here, And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing. And they said, um, I'm going to slay my brother Jacob, verse 42. And these words of Esau, her elder son, were told to Rebekah. And she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said unto him, Behold, thy brother Esau, as touching thee, doth comfort himself, comfort himself, purposing to kill thee. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice, arise, flee to Laban, my brother. Verse 44, and tarry with him a few days. That's a good that turned out to be 20 years. Okay, until my brother's fury turn away. Asher, he'll forget about it after a few days. Until my brother's anger turn away from thee, and he forget that thou, that which thou hast done to him. Then will I send and fetch thee from thence. Why should I be deprived also of you both in one day? And she thought, I'll never see Jacob again if, if I don't send him away. And her actions caused her, most likely, the scripture doesn't record, but we do know one thing, Rebecca did not call for Jacob, did she? And if you put the pieces together, it looks like Rebecca died in the meantime. There's no mention after this of her death. No mention. There's no mention of Rebecca other than her bondmaid dying, Deborah, and other than um, some other things about, uh, about, about Rebecca, but not, not her personal life, but her posterity, if you like. So her very fear that she has to came up with was trusted the Lord. She could have left Jacob there because if Esau kills Jacob, then there'd be no descendants. Isn't that interesting? That's, I never even thought of it. That's a really If you think about it, she was yeah. losing faith. She That's a really... How often, have, brethren, have we taken things into our own hands thinking God needs a hand to, to fix our lives? So it, it never on works. That's a really good point. But I know we do the same thing. We, 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 try to figure, we try to help God out. It never works. God doesn't need help with our finances. God doesn't need help with our physical needs. God doesn't need help with our emotional needs. God doesn't need help with our spiritual needs. God doesn't need help with anything. He doesn't need advice from us when we're praying. Although, you know, how often I've given God advice. I spent multiple hours in prayer saying, Lord, if you did this, then this would happen, and you did this, and I'm giving God this advice, and then one of these days, it, it, one, one day it just occurred to me, God doesn't need my advice. <laughs> How much time have I wasted telling God, giving him advice? It's really silly when you think about it. But you know what? That's what Rebecca did, I suppose. Can we say that God only needs Rebecca at that time to, uh, to achieve or to accomplish what God has promised? It's not about this woman being Yes, I would agree with you. God used a Satan to accomplish his own ends. God used a donkey to accomplish his own ends. And God used carnal Rebecca to accomplish her. And, and carnal Isaac blessed Jacob, didn't he? The Bible says by faith in Hebrews 11, by faith um, Isaac blessed Jacob and Eagle, Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. So he did use them. We don't always get it right. Aren't you glad that God always gets it right? We're going to talk on Sunday about trusting him more, because we do. We just need to trust him. We can sing that song now, only trust him, right? So Esau's descendants would be known as then the Edomites. 
Okay, so Esau is the father of the Edomites, and they would be adversaries to Jacob's descendants. Now, how are we doing for time? I'll probably just keep on going. Got ten more minutes. Okay. So now let's move on to Jacob. Jacob and his boys. So Genesis chapter twenty-eight is the famous story of Jacob's ladder. Fleeing from Esau and on his way to visit his uncle Laban, Jacob had this remarkable dream who had previously received, oh sorry, this is a question, who had previously received the very same promise given to Jacob by verses 12 to 14. Let me read verse 12 to 14 and then you can answer the question. And he dreamed and behold a ladder, this is Jacob running away from Esau, running to Laban. Behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angel of, of God descending, ascending, should I say, and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land wherein thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, and south, and in thee, and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be... Blessed. Who had received that promise before? Abraham. Abraham. A couple of times. Who else had received that uh, blessing? Isaac. Isaac. A couple of times. And who else had now had received this? Jacob. Jacob. We see it passing on. What were the three elements of that blessing? Land. The land. Blessing. And the seed. So all three. Okay. All three elements again. Okay. Again, the Abrahamic covenant is mentioned. And here God specifically renews and confirms the Abrahamic covenant in a dream to Jacob. Jacob awakes and he calls the name of that place. What does Jacob call the place? Bethel. Bethel means? House of God. Absolutely. And there he vows to make the Lord his God. And what does he promise God if God will be with him? What does he promise God? A tithe. And there's blessing that comes from tithing. Brethren, there's still blessing today that comes from tithing. Do you believe that? Yeah. I believe it. Tithing, do you sometimes run out of money? Do you? Yeah, of course we run out of money sometimes. Um, are we stuck sometimes? Uh, are we stuck sometimes financially? But don't we have the promises of God? We go to the Lord and say, God, you promised. I've done this multiple times. God, you promised. And I don't worry about it anymore. I just say, Lord, you promised. End of story. And does God always provide? Yeah. Has he ever let you down? Aren't you, aren't you glad he's faithful? Okay. So you see that mentioned in with, with Jacob. Okay. So what Jacob saw there, brethren, was a theophany. Okay. It's a, this is a, another example of a theophany or Christophany. What's the difference between a theophany and a Christophany? Christ before the... Christophany is, is Christ before the incarnation. Good. And Theophany? God. Just God. Okay. Okay. So we know Father God. Yes. I believe so. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll look at that in a little bit. Okay. So the stretching from heaven, uh, the ladder stretching from earth to heaven may have been none other than Christ himself. Okay. So according to Genesis chapter 31 verse 41, who, how long did Jacob stay with Laban? 20 years, you are correct. That's Genesis chapter 31, verse 41. And on his return home uh, to be re reunited with Esau again, uh, God meets with Jacob and in Genesis chapter 32, 28. Genesis 32, 28. And what does God change Jacob's name to? Israel. Israel, you are 
correct, okay? So, and let's move past this. Okay. Genesis chapter 32, verse 28. Isn't that what we said? Yes. And he said, Thy name shall be no more, shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with man and has prevailed. And I have a personal peeve, if you like, if I can use that phrase. When people call the promised land Palestine, I don't like that. I understand when in 130 AD, when Titus totally destroyed Israel and took them out of the land and scattered them, and they got, Israel got, the people got scattered abroad, he renamed that land Palestine. But that land he named Palestine was, was, was also um, Jordan and other areas around there, okay? It wasn't just Israel today. And so during that exile, that whole land was called that Roman name Palestine. But in 1948, they, re, they, they formed again as a nation. And it's no longer Palestine, brethren. It's, it's, it's Israel. And they were given that name by who? Who gave them that name? God did exactly, and the first mention of it here is in is here in Genesis chapter thirty-two, verse twenty-eight. Jacob was renamed Israel because that would be the land. Okay, now, okay, while with Laban, Jacob married two wives. What were his wives' names? Rachel, Rachel, Leah, and he had eight sons by them, and four more sons by their handmaids, Bilhah and Zilpah. And they had 12 sons. Who can name the 12 sons of Israel? Can I have a go? Naphtali is what Dan. Naphtali, Dan. Benjamin. Benjamin. Joseph. Joseph. Uh, Reuben. Reuben. Judah. 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 Simeon. Issachar. How about Levi? Who else? Who else? Who, who we've not mentioned? We said Zebulun. I think we have. We have. We have pretty much Reuben. Did we say Reuben? Yeah. Okay, we said Mal. Okay, we got pretty much all the twelve tribes there. So there we see them there. Okay. Elsewhere in the world, there was the rise of African cultures between the 1900 and 1800 BC. So there's the, the rise of the African cultures. Shem dies. How old was Shem? Um, uh, well, I don't know the exact 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 age, but Genesis chapter 11. Verse 10 to 11 tells us it was over 500 years after the flood. Shem lived. That's a long time, isn't it? Okay. Jacob and his sons then migrate to Egypt. Uh, it was around 1800 to 1750 BC. And it was the rise of the old Babylonian Empire began during this time. And also the code of Hammurabi. Who knows what the code of Hammurabi is? Ancient laws. Okay, codified laws. You know, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. This was the code of Hammurabi. Rabbi. So pagan societies had codes like that as well. And it was also the rise of Chinese civilization. Okay, so all those things happened during that time. So we have the 12 tribes of Israel here. So who is the son that got the birthright? Of the 12 tribes, who got the birthright? Judah. Judah. Why? What happened to Reuben? What happened to Simeon? What happened to Levi, brethren? So, so two of them went slit. They killed men in cold blood. 
I agree. They took matters into their own hands. They should have deferred to their father. They were dishonorable as well. What was that? They were dishonorable. They were dishonorable. They lied. They were deceitful. They did what was the whole thing. It was bitterness. It was revenge. It was hateful. It was, these were ungodly men. Their wrath was cruel, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 49. Let's turn to Genesis 49 really quickly. Really, we're almost out of time now, guys. Okay. And Jacob called up to his sons and said, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you that which shall befall you the last days. So this is prophetic. He's gathering the 12 tribes of Israel together. This is prophetic. But the thing that's really interesting is it pictures the great white throne of judgment. I'm sorry, the Bema Seat of Judgment, the Judgment of Believers, because this is when he was meant to be pronouncing blessing upon all of them, and some of the things were coming out saying, oh, you did this, oh, you did this. And so um, they didn't get blessing because of how of things they did without repentance. Reuben, it says, verse 3, Thou art my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, the excellency of power, and, and Reuben's feeling really good about himself, and then he says, verse 4, Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel. Ouch! Why? Because thou went up to thy father's bed, and he lay with, with his concubine Bilhah, I think it was. So the point is that he did wrong there. And then it says here, Verse 5, Simeon and Levi, instruments of cruelty are in thy habitations. Oh, my soul, come not thou into their, into their secret. And again, that was the, 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 the sons of Shechem, the men of Shechem that, he, that, that uh, he, he, that those two boys murdered. Judah, Judah had a sort of like a, 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 pick, a colorful life. I mean, he was the one that gave his voice against, uh, against Joseph. He was the one that... Um, that lay with his daughter-in-law, you understand? You know, you know, I don't want to go into all the details there, but that happened. He thought she was a prostitute. So, so he had a very colorful life, but look what it says here. So he was watching Reuben getting the comeuppance, Simeon getting the comeuppance, Levi getting the comeuppance, not seeing the blessing that they would have wanted to see. And so he's at the, if you like, it's at the great white, the beam of, of, of Christ, and, and you're standing before the Lord, and you're hearing other people, and you're looking at your own life, you, you're scared to be, oh no, what reward am I going to lose? Imagine yourself there. You know, there's no judgment, there's no hell, there's no condemnation. It's just loss of reward, okay? Imagine yourself there. Oh no, what am I going to lose? But the Bible says, verse 8, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Okay, because he's thinking, I did. I lived a carnal life, but it says here, thy hand shall be in his neck, uh, in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp from the prey. My son, thou art gone up. He stooped down. He couched as a lion and as an old lion. Who shall rise him up? The scepter shall not depart from the Judah, nor a lawgiver from by his feet until Shiloh come. Who's that talking about? The Messiah, exactly. So here's the promise to Judah. Now why did God bless Judah? What did Judah do to get that blessing? When he lived, had a colorful life himself. Does anybody know? He was willing to trade his own life for Joseph's. He was willing to trade his own life for, for uh, Benjamin's. When he stood before Joseph. That's exactly right. Does anybody know the reason why this is so important? Why was why was ben, why was Judah willing to give his life 
for, for, for Benjamin, what was his motive? And this is he was the instigator of Joseph's uh, captivity in the first place. But that's not what the reason. That's the, the not reason, the reason why he gave it though. But that's true. But that's more than that. Benjamin was Jacob's favorite son. And what was his wording? He didn't want to bring the the gray hairs of his father down to the grave. So it was all about the father. You see, the reason why they they sold their son into captivity, Joseph into captivity, was because they didn't care about the father. And now there's a complete shift in his thinking, and it's all about the father. And he says, "I messed up. I want to put it right." It's all about the father. He truly repented. Are you with me here? And his focus was was on the father now. And because of that, then God said, "Okay, I'm going to bless you for that." What a picture! It's a wonderful picture, isn't it? Okay, we don't have time to go through all this, but God's revelation is progressing. Let's move on really, really quickly. I know we're out of time. So let me just go on to this. So Jacob is firstborn is Judah, the line of Judah. Christ is the line of Judah. And then Joseph, Jacob's son Joseph was got the blessing. He was the favorite son. He was hated by his brothers. So while Joseph while in Egypt, Joseph interpreted a dream for Pharaoh and was talking which was gonna talk about seven years of plentiful harvest and then seven years of famine. And God used the famine to draw Jacob and his sons out of Canaan to Egypt. Isn't that God can use all sorts of things? God can use all sorts of things. He's, he is so wise. And we see the sovereignty of God. Joseph recognized God's sovereign work in sending him ahead of his family into Egypt. But as for you, the Bible says, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass that it is this day to save much people alive. So, hated by his brothers, but responded with grace. How can you respond in grace to adverse circumstances? How do we do that? How are we able to respond in grace when circumstances are against us? Even God's grace. True. But how do we do it? How do we do it? Humble ourselves before the Lord. What is that? Humble ourselves before the Lord. But you're seeing God's hand. The key is to see God's when we see God's hand, then we say, okay, I can do this. I know God's in this. You with me here? And brethren, I want you to see God's hand. Remember years ago, I was going through a really difficult time. I was in college. My, my most difficult time, pray for Emmanuel in college and all of our other college students, because I had a daddy in college as well, because I, I found college the most difficult time of my life. It was very difficult and challenging. And you know, the things I want to say to you, but one thing God brought me to for almost a year as I read through my Bible is looking at his sovereignty, seeing his hand in everything that helped me so much. We've got to see his hand. Because when we can see God's hand in all, we can trust him and we can go through anything. Isn't that true? Let's thank him for it. Father, thank you so much.